Welcome back, everybody. Uh, today, I welcome Reverend Caleb Cangelosi to the podcast. Caleb, how's it going? Doing well. Good to be here. Yeah, good to see you. I feel like, you know, at the time of this recording, we were just hanging out last night at a crawfish boil. That's uh, right. That's right. This is uh, April 29th. It's crawfish season. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, that might be a good place to start of just telling our listeners uh, a little bit about where you're from, because I know that ties into crawfish, uh, but then <laughs> pastoral experience, and then a little bit about your family, too. Yeah, so I grew up in Baton Rouge all my life, graduated from LSU, uh, and then I came here to the Jackson, Mississippi area for uh, seminary at RTS, met my wife, uh, who actually grew up here at Fair Orchard Presbyterian Church. Uh, we uh, went down, my first call out of the seminary was Columbia Presbyterian Church in Columbia, Mississippi by Hattiesburg, South Mississippi. Uh, and then uh, after about four years, we moved up to Cookville, Tennessee, uh, to Grace Presbyterian Church in Cookville. Uh, followed Joey Stewart, um, who was very instrumental in RYM uh, for many years. And, uh, and then in 2014, uh, was called uh, here. I'd been a solo pastor, a senior pastor, and uh, then became the associate pastor here at Pear Orchard Presbyterian Church in 2014. And then just uh, a year ago, uh, became the, the senior pastor here at Pear Orchard and right in time for COVID uh, <laughs> to, to hit. Uh, so it's been a, a fun and eventful first year of, of senior pastor ministry here at Pear Orchard. But um, yeah, I, I am from Baton Rouge. And so I do love, uh, love me some crawfish and LSU football. Uh, and so I've got a wife, Elizabeth, and five children. Uh, 18 to 8. So our, our senior, uh, Daniel, is graduating uh, this year. Um, and so uh, bookend boys, three girls in the middle. There you go. Yeah, and, and be sure to uh, tell our listeners, too, a little bit about Log College Press as well. Yeah, so I uh, several years ago, I started working on a THM at Puritan Reform Theological Seminary and have always enjoyed uh, history. I was a history major at LSU, and uh, I've enjoyed Presbyterian history I was working on uh, Southern Presbyterian uh, history for my THM thesis and uh, through that process started to gather and collect a lot of 19th century American Presbyterian works and uh, wished that there uh, was sort of a, a one-stop shop uh, online, you know, digital archive of all the 18th and 19th century American Presbyterian uh, extant literature um, and so as I neared the end of my THM, uh, I decided, well, let me just, I'll just start it myself. It's not out there. Uh, and uh, so did that. And then also have long had the desire to, to reprint, uh, much like Banner of Truth is done with the Puritans and some of the 19th century Presbyterians. And so I've done a little bit of that as well. Uh, and so we've, we've got, uh, I guess I'm just about to come out with a fifth book. Uh, got the nine booklets and uh, over, this is kind of cool, there are over 10,000 free PDFs on the website now uh, wow. for folks to download. I forget the number of, of authors. I think it's over 1,500 authors, uh, 18th and 19th century American Presbyterians. And uh, and so that's been a lot of fun, just sort of a little side hobby uh, thing uh, that I, I tend to do at nights <laughs> and so uh, and on my day off. And and so it's been neat to see how that's been received, um, both by researchers and academics, but also uh, pastors and um, and just Christians in the church who love history and and have appreciated uh, having these these works. Some of them perhaps could be called classics, but uh, just having them accessible, um, you know, in PDF form. And um, so yeah, so it's it's yeah. a fun fun thing, and I hope it's been a blessing to the church. Yeah, I know um, Together for the Gospel, the one that was right as COVID was kind of hitting. Um, I know they typically give, I don't know, close to 20 books away. And one of them was a Log College Press booklet. Yeah, Meditations on Preaching by Francis Grimke has has been a, a very well received. And he was an African-American Presbyterian, 50 years pastored in the Washington, D.C. area. Uh, so that book is uh, has been, it's neat that, I guess I've, I've I reprint only American Presbyterians, but that book has a much broader appeal because mm -hmm. he's not talking about Presbyterianism. He's talking about uh, preaching. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and so it's it's a very encouraging book. And and I think uh, also because we're so unfamiliar with our African-American spiritual forefathers, particularly African-American Presbyterian uh, spiritual forefathers. And so 
uh, Grimke was a, a pretty remarkable man in a lot of ways. And, and so, uh, yeah, that's a, a, a great, um, a, a great book. Yeah. And, and Caleb, tell us, is it logcollegepress.com? Is that that's right? right? Yeah. Log College, L-O-G, uh, Log College Press. Log College was the first Presbyterian seminary in the early 1700s, uh, the tenants, um, and that sort of eventually became or, you know, led to a precursor of Princeton Seminary. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, that's where the name comes from. But yeah, logcollegepress.com. Yeah, great. Yeah, that's uh, a lot of work. Uh, I know that's benefiting a lot of people. So appreciate you uh, putting that out there. Also appreciate you taking the time to come on the podcast. Uh, for those who are unaware, Caleb is my senior pastor. I attend Pear Orchard Press. As I said, we were hanging out at a crawfish boil last night. Uh, Caleb was doing that until... Uh, we were probably nine o'clock at night as we were leaving and has had a full day and he's also moving in the midst of, of all of this. So uh, I really appreciate you uh, coming on. If you're just tuning into the podcast, this uh, theme of, uh, of this season is biblical sexuality. We've had uh, about eight other episodes, I think, before this. And so we've dealt with dating, dealt with Christians and cohabitation, uh, same-sex attraction, transgenderism. Uh, just last week, we had Beckett Cook on, who was a practicing homosexual living in Hollywood, and the Lord converted him, and uh, amazing story. So I'd encourage people to go back and check this out. But I've asked uh, Caleb to come on because Pear Orchard has just started preaching a series looking at this theme as well. Uh, so, so Caleb, I thought maybe just as we jump into this, why don't you just give us a brief overview of, of what you plan to cover in the sermon series? I mean, how many weeks are you looking at and, and what kind of topics are you wanting to focus on? Yeah, so uh, here at Bear Orchard, we kind of make out a preaching schedule, you know, in the fall for the upcoming year. And I, I knew that I'd wanted to have sort of a topical uh, series here in the spring. And, it, and I'd kind of you know, docketed five weeks for it. Didn't know exactly what topic I would be covering, uh, and and so as I you know started to to think about that and pray about that, uh, I realized that uh, we hadn't, as a church, on Sunday mornings um, since I've been here since 2014, there hadn't been sort of a churchwide emphasis upon this topic. And so uh, certainly, just through expositional preaching, we've covered it. Um, you know. We, we preach through the Proverbs, Proverbs, you know, many chapters about adultery and sexual morality. We uh, right now we're doing the Sermon on the Mount. And so we've, we've you know, hit it there. We've did a, a topical series last summer on idolatry. And, and this was one of the sermons. And so um, so we've done it. Uh, you know, we, we've focused on it periodically. And, and as it's come up in our the course of preaching through God's word. Uh, but I thought it would be a, a good thing. Uh, to to focus in on uh, on this topic, and uh, I had heard from several people uh, how beneficial Carl Truman's new book, uh, The Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self, had been, and and so I I started uh, reading that book as well, um, and just you know, sex is everywhere in our culture, mm -hmm. and and so we uh, often as the church don't talk about it enough, and so I thought it would be uh, appropriate. Um, to to spend some time and uh, I guess you know so the, the five weeks um, are going to be I had a, kind of an introduction sermon this past week where you talked about sort of just the worldly view of sexuality and and then uh, how the scriptures ought to be our authority in the bedroom even um, and and then we're going to look at uh, two passages First Thessalonians four one to eight and then First Corinthians chapter six. Uh, 12 to 20, um, thinking about how do we uh, guard ourselves against sexual morality as Christians. So the, the focus is not so much on the world out there and, and the culture uh, as much as it is for us as believers. Um, and, and then we're going to, the last two weeks, we'll be looking at 1 Corinthians 7 uh, verses uh, 1 uh, to 5 and then 6 to 9. Uh, so thinking about uh, sex and marriage and then sex and singleness um, and so it's certainly not a, a comprehensive mm -hmm. series. Uh, it, it very much just scratches the surface. And yet I hope that it will be uh, an encouragement to our people. Uh, I, I kind of opened the, the sermon this past Sunday with an experience that I had at a previous church where I had a group of young men in a small group. And I just asked the question, I said, you know, what passages of scripture are you using in your fight against sexual sin? 
you know, what, what scriptures do you have memorized or what, what Bible verses or, or chapters or sections of God's word do you go back to frequently? And, and it was crickets. It was nothing. They had nothing. And it was shocking. It was scary. It was sort of eye-opening for sure as a pastor. Hey, you know, this is a, this is a problem. Um, and that, 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 that there weren't verses and, and references just on the tip of their tongue, uh, you know, meant that either they weren't fighting very well, they're ignorant of scripture or, or a combination of all that. Um, and, and I remembered, I mean, I think I asked that question in part because when I came to RTS, uh, I guess I was you know, 23 uh, in one of the orientation sessions, someone, I forget who, one of the, the professors, they, they began that orientation session uh, and th- what they had done, they'd separated the married students and the single students. And for the single students, uh, that was the question they asked us there. And that was their challenge was, look, uh, you're, you're, you're working toward gospel ministry and, and sexual purity is so important. Uh, you've got to have uh, some passages of scripture memorized, passages that you're going to be um, thinking about and, and, and using in your, in your fight for sexual purity. Um, and so First uh, Thessalonians 4, 1 to 8, and, and 1 Corinthians 6 are two uh, sort of arrows in the quiver that I think are so important for us uh, to to think about in part because they don't just tell us uh, to stop it. They don't just say, don't do it. It's bad. Um, but rather God uh, gives all sorts of motivation in his word, different motivations, different reasons, uh, different angles that he's looking at the topic from. And, uh, and so, you know, one of my favorite would be Proverbs chapter five. Uh, but we, we haven't, we just looked at that recently, and so that's why I'm not using, doing that in this sermon series now. But, uh, but yeah, so that's that's kind of where we're going in this kind of five part part series. Yeah, no, that's that's great. And yeah, lo- looking forward to, to hearing more at the time of this recording. You, you've had one sermon, I know. Once this airs, there, there will be one this this Sunday as well. But looking forward to the the others. And, and you've kind of you've already touched on this too. But I'm just curious, what why did you think it's important to address this? topic from the pulpit you've kind of already answered that but i'm thinking as okay as you're laying out a sermon series as you're thinking about the year the annual calendar of all that you could be preaching on and you're sitting there and you're reflecting and you're thinking you know i'd, I'd like to do a sermon series on on sex and, and sexuality yeah Why so do you think it's important well you know as a church like many most pca churches we're committed to consecutive expository uh preaching through books of the bible but uh it's also i think appropriate to to pause and to to have some some topical focus and, and sometimes that topical focus should be um, seeking to engage with uh, the world around us and and to um, help our people uh, to grapple with what it means to to live in uh, in a culture like ours and so uh, I think sex is so ubiquitous sex is so ever present um, and and sexual temptation is is everywhere. Uh, and and more and more uh, we are just being bombarded with deviant sexuality uh, and and sexual rebellion uh, on all levels, like not just in the popular level, not just sort of on the street, but but in you know in the halls of politics and the halls of academia, uh, just becomes more and more something that that our our people seeking to live out, to hold, to advocate for a biblical sexual ethic, um, it. it it demands, uh, I think, our attention as as church leaders, as pastors, elders, uh, and and God speaks about it, right? God gives us uh, his his revelation, his mind on on all things sexual, and so um, we, uh, as as pastors, as preachers, we need to equip our people um, with the word, and and not just again so that they. Uh, can engage in apologetics or in debate or, or you know, argument, but but even more so, and this is, I guess, where I'm coming at it from primarily in this in this series is is for their own sexual purity, for their own holiness, mm-hmm. for their own uh, uh, fleeing sexual immorality, as Paul says in First Corinthians six, abstaining from sexual immorality, First Thessalonians four. Um, I mean, this is God's will for us, uh, our uh, sanctification, and so uh, we. Uh, need to uh, be uh, very uh, sure that we help our people uh, to 
to know where in scripture God speaks to these things uh, and seek to apply uh, the truth on very practical levels. And, you know, this is a podcast for local youth workers. Uh, you know, how our children, our youth are, are being bombarded even more than adults are. Every form of social media and every, all the different ways that, that pornography is accessible and, um, and just expected and, and assumed uh, in our culture. And, and so if we're not talking to them, they're hearing it, they're learning it. Mm-hmm. And, and so they need to hear it uh, from from even the, the pulpit on Sunday morning. Obviously, that raises some interesting uh, issues because you've got all ages in there. Yeah. Uh, and and so, you know, at our congregation, we dismiss the two and three year olds to church time, you know, halfway through the service. And so you're looking at four age four and up. And so you have to be careful as a preacher, right, that 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 you don't say things in that mixed audience of ages that you might feel much freer to say uh, if you're just talking to youth or just talking to young adults or just talking to, you know, people mm-hmm. who've been married for 30 years. So uh, th- th- there's some delicate uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, decisions that need to be made. Uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, over this uh, season of the podcast, I mean, we've had authors on who've written on this. We've also had, you know, pastors who have talked about, okay, how are they going to to deal with this in their congregation, youth workers? And, you know, one of the kind of basic steps is, communicating to the congregation of what you're what you're going to do and i know you send a weekly newsletter uh, to the congregation and i remember you communicated that in in to the congregation and, and i was encouraged i was encouraged that you were going to be talking on this in the congregation but i know that there's part of you as well that's wondering okay how is this going to be received by every individual <laughs> of this church and so what are some of those concerns that you have about you know addressing this that that you know, again, you're dealing with, I don't know, a congregation off the top of my head, 800, give or take, you might know off the, more specifically, but everyone's going to think differently about this. And some are going to think this is more taboo. And, uh, you know, so what are some of those concerns? Yeah, I guess that you do know that maybe some folks feel that, hey, you're crossing a line, you shouldn't be talking about these things. I, I don't, I certainly haven't heard that after this first week. I, I don't, I think most people recognize that like the world is talking about sex. And, mm-hmm. and so they've been thankful, you know, that, that I'm, I'm willing to, to have these frank conversations, um, at, you know, from a biblical standpoint. So I think probably more, you know, the concern of, uh Oh, uh, our pastor's talking about sexuality on Sunday morning. Like I'm going to have to get ready to have this conversation at home. Um, you know, and, and I'm sure some children, you know, age, say four to eight are just clueless. Like they're not, it's just not even registering, you know, maybe children age eight to to 10 who haven't had the conversation or going home and saying, Oh, mom, dad, what's sex? Um, you know, but as you and I were talking about out earlier, I mean, that's a, that's a, about the right time that we need to be starting to talk with our children about uh, these issues, issues, at least in, um, in general terms and, and just, you know, where do babies come from and, and so I think, uh, and then certainly by the time, you know, 10 and up, you're starting to, I mean, they are, they're in, in, engaged and the world is seeking to seduce and to, to mm-hmm. bring them not only images as, you know, you've written about in, in your book, but um, just things they're, they're hearing in music, things they're hearing, you know, on TV, it, it's out there. And, and so I think that uh, hopefully one of the, one of the things that by preaching on it, on a, on a Sunday morning where you're preaching to the whole congregation is that you're spurring on uh, conversation between parents and children, between husbands and wives. I mean, honestly, uh, the, the sermon that will probably be the most uh, provocative would be the one from first Corinthians seven, one to one to five, right. Talking about uh, sex and marriage. And, um, and, and so uh, one of the things that you have to, I guess, be ready for is that likely you will, uh, stir up uh, counseling mm-hmm. <laughs> opportunities, mm-hmm. right? And and so be ready for uh, for husband and wives who are struggling sexually, mm-hmm. you know, to to come come in and, and talk. And so I'm thankful that you know here at Pay Orchard we have a, a strong counseling ministry, and and so that's not all on me, you know, as a senior pastor. But uh, I'm sure there's some. Uh, pastors who are in situations where they're they are the only counselor you know on on staff at the church right and mm-hmm. uh, and and maybe they they know folks to refer to outside the church but 
uh, I think good preaching, uh, in a sense, it is counseling, and in the sense that it provokes counseling needs, you know, because men and women are convicted by the Holy Spirit, uh, whether it's, you know, I think in this realm of sexuality, uh, guilt and shame and, and of the past. And so you're having to help people walk through those situations, uh, but as well, sort of present struggles, uh, whether individually, you know, or again, as I said, maritally and, and relationally between husbands and wives whose uh lives whose, whose sex lives are dysfunctional and i remember our the senior pastor that who i swapped places with uh carl calvercamp he married us uh 20 years ago and in our premarital counseling uh i'll never forget him saying that you know sex is like the check engine light of your relationship you know and and if if things are not well sexually um that's not the problem <laughs> mm. you know there's a deeper relational problem um and so a, a sermon series like this, looking at, uh, at, uh, at this topic is going to um, bring up a lot of, a lot of stuff. You're, you're going to um, be so, the blinking red engine light for everybody. Up that's in, right. Up in that's the pulpit. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, so I, I think just, you know, your, your question about what are some of the concerns I mean, you do, you do want to be careful. And, you know, so for instance, I had a, a young adult young married uh, bible study a while back where i was able to talk much more frankly you know to to folks 35 and under you know some of whom have been married for one year 10 years 15 years you know in a setting like that in a home you know you can talk much more freely and frankly than in a in a sunday morning setting sure you know, with all all ages there yeah and, and you were <laughs> Just go ahead. I jumped in. Well, I was going to say, you know, just if you're if you're a youth leader, if you're an RUF campus minister, I mean, RUF campus ministers uh, often do you know a, a sex dating relationship series, and um, you know those settings also. I think you can be very frank in, and that's that's so important to to do that because again, the world is is being frank and honest, and and but it's it's also telling a lie. Yeah. Uh, and, and so we've got to speak truth. Uh, into the darkness and, and expose. I mean, Paul, you know, we look at Ephesians 5 uh, last week, some, and, you know, Paul talks about uh, not uh, engaging in deeds of darkness, uh, uh, but but exposing them, you know. And so we need to expose the lies of Satan in this regard. Uh, and the, um, he uses the, the word uh, there in Ephesians 5, uh, it is disgraceful even to speak of the things which are done by them in secret. Um, and yet we are to shine the light uh, of God's word upon them and to expose them um, and, and not to participate, not to partake uh, in them. And so uh, preaching uh, against sin and, and, and toward holiness, all under the umbrella of the grace of the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is the only hope both for the forgiveness of sins, but also uh, the power for holiness, right? That Jesus has died to redeem us from every lawless deed, Titus 2, to purify for us the people for his own possession, zealous for good deeds, um, you know, that, that we've been chosen unto holiness. And we've got to to call our people uh, to uh, a sexual ethic and a sexual purity. Hmm. Yeah. So so jumping back, when you, you referenced uh, 1 Corinthians 7, um, just curious if, if the nerves in the pulpit are a little... <laughs> Uh, are you are, are you feeling that a little bit more as you're addressing these topics or dealing with these topics? You, you realize you're kind of treading lightly, um, or the nerves increased a little bit. Yes, uh, you know, I guess every preacher has their own way of preparing sermons and preaching sermons. I'm a I'm a full manuscript guy, and therefore, um, you know, I am, I guess, been in time crafting words, particularly a sermon like this, like you're. You're wanting to make sure that you say it the right way, the way that you want to say it, and and so I think that on a sermon like that, um, some of those nerves come in the study even more than in the pulpit, right? Because once it's on the paper, it's going to get said. At least that's my <laughs> my practice, right? So uh, I, I mean, I, I'm I'm I hope I, I mean, I'm reading. I have a manuscript in front of me, but I'm not reading it kind of with my head down. I'm trying to to preach and to not necessarily memorize it, but to have it well known enough that I'm free in the pulpit. And so certainly there are going to be tangents. There's going to be things that I kind of go off off script. And yet um, I think that hopefully, Lord willing, best case is that uh, what I've written down and reviewed, know what I want to say, 
uh, that I'm confident in it, right? When I step into the pulpit and, and I'm confident both that I'm not crossing a line, you know, uh, in, in terms of, of what I'm saying, but also um, that I'm, uh, I'm confident in uh, the power of the word of God to, to bring about the good fruit that he has ordained for his word to bring about. And, and that's the thing. I, I think if, if someone were, were saying, that, Hey, you shouldn't be preaching about this in, in church. I'm like, well, God put it in his word. Like I'm not making this stuff up, you know, especially, I mean, especially if we're like looking at the text of scripture, I mean, certainly uh, you, you could envision a topical sermon that had nothing to do with the Bible, you know, and someone <laughs> might say like, ah, I don't know if you need to talk about that, you know, in the pulpit. But, but when you're looking at the passage like 1 Corinthians 7, 1 to 5, where Paul is talking about the husbands and wives fulfilling their duty to one another sexually and uh, not depriving one another, you know, that you didn't just sort of on your own, you know, whim and fancy say, hey, you know what I need to talk about with my people is they need to be having sex. Like God said this, right? Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's our, our, our ministerial, our declarative authority as, as ministers of the gospel to say, um, all I'm doing is telling you what god has told you you know that's our job that's our calling uh so um so i'm certainly not afraid of of saying something that's in the word of god now the question gets when you start to apply god's word you know in a particular space and time that's where you do need to be careful you know things you might say again in kind of a small group bible study or you know to youth or to uh to college age kids or to young adults it may be different than what you'd want to say when you know you have you know young children uh, whose parents haven't talked to them about these things yet, you know. And, and so again, those are just judgment calls and calls for wisdom and then prayer for the Holy Spirit to to work his will mm-hmm. and his way. Yeah. And and look, I, I want to spend a little bit of, of time on that, really. Um, just following up a little bit. I mean, you mentioned Carl. I can remember years ago, uh, your predecessor, Carl Cabricamp, those who are listening, um, he had preached uh, in Genesis, and I cannot remember if it was, you know, the passage on Lot and his daughters or the mm-hmm. rape of Dinah, or, or, I mean, there's, there's actually a lot to pick from in Genesis that you know, <laughs> yeah. would be pretty, pretty in, inappropriate. I, I guess what we could label it as inappropriate, even though it's God's inspired word. Um, but I remember that following week in seminary, there were some people who took issue with, uh, you know, preaching on, uh, what, what one of those passages of scripture and, you know, I definitely disagreed with that person and pushed back and just kind of said what you said, that it's, it's God's word. It's, it's inspired. And we're going to, for expositorily preaching, we're going to come across verses that are uncomfortable. So I, I'd love for you just to kind of address, what would you say to those who say that you're kind of overstepping a little bit into territory that, like, let's not discuss that in the pulpit. That's more for in, in the home. And then also kind of, you know, where you would draw the line on that as well. So I'd love to hear you just kind of react to that a little bit. Yeah, I, I actually was just listening to one of your podcasts, your interview with um, uh, Deepak Raju. Am I saying that right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and he uh, mentioned you know, there's a whole book in the Bible, Song of Solomon on sex, right? I mean, like, you know, all scripture is God breathed and is useful and, and, and profitable, uh, you know, for, for these things that he, all the purposes that he has revealed his word for and, and all of scripture. And so I think um, we have got to not uh, be afraid uh, to speak to our people about um, these topics that for us are, uh, perhaps can be uncomfortable, but they're certainly not uncomfortable in the world. The world's talking about it everywhere, right? And and again, we want our people to not be transformed, to be conformed to the world, but to be transformed by the renewing of their minds according to the word of God. And so um, I, I think, uh, you know, there are, there are hard passages, particularly in the Old Testament, some of the stories you're referring to, uh, and, and yet, um, you know, if God has revealed this to his people, it's our job to, to unpack it and to unfold it, to expound it to them. And um, so, you know, certainly dads need to be talking with their families at home and moms need to be talking with their kids at home, family worship. But, uh, you know, let's be honest, family worship isn't happening as much as we would like it to, right? And so uh, we as, as preachers in the church, um, need, don't need to shy away from from 
talking about hard things. And, you know, that's one of the beauty of consecutive expository preaching is that you're forced to deal with that text, right? As you walk through a book and then you can do it kind of what I'm doing these five weeks of sort of just doing a little topical series. Uh, you know, it's interesting. Deepak Raju was talking about, you know, if you're faithfully preaching through uh, the word of God, you're going to preach Song of Solomon. Well, not necessarily, right? Like you have to make a choice as to what book you're going to preach. And so I think, um, you know, and he was even saying like, don't just preach, you know, the old, the new Testament, you know, preach some of the, these, these books I mean, Proverbs clearly, um, you know, so, but there's, there's still a choice that you as a preacher have to make, uh, or, you know, youth pastor has to make as to what am I going to cover? Um, and, and so we do have to use, uh, wisdom and, and seek to know our people and, um, and to know kind of what we've covered. I mean, I think there needs to be sort of a sense that a pastor has as to, you know, what have we covered in Sunday school? What have we covered in, in small group Bible studies? What have we covered from the pulpit? Um, and and so, I, honestly, have you have you heard, I guess you, you mentioned in seminary, but John, have you heard people recently say that, do you think? Off the top of my head, I, I cannot recall a recent conversation. I, I definitely remember this was a vivid conversation in seminary and, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm just again right there with you. Of uh, and honestly, thinking back in this uh, uh, podcast series we've had, Rebecca McG- Rebecca McLaughlin said, um, "You're not going to get too far in Scripture without getting into the discussion on sex." Even you know Genesis one, God is talking yeah. about be yeah. fruitful, multiply. So He expected us to talk about these things, and and of course, and maybe this is where you and I can get into a little bit more specifics on drawing boundaries. Um, yeah, the, the scriptures are not graphic uh, oftentimes. I mean, there's definitely more detail in some stories than others. And so we've got to be cautious of becoming, you know, more graphic in the way that we talk about this, or even the language, the terminology we use, there's a crass way of discussing these things. Right. And so maybe where would you draw the line? Where, where are some of those, those boundaries? Um, and I guess maybe we can, yeah. I don't know if we need to name names, but we know some of those kind of uh, shocking pastors of the the past that have kind of <laughs> said some yeah. things to get. You well, know. you know, like for instance, um, like in my sermon this past Sunday, you know, I, I used a euphemism for masturbation, right? I, I used the word self-pleasure mm-hmm. um, and that was on purpose, right? Because I think that's sort of a shocking word for people, um, even though like, you know, that's like people aren't just looking at pornography, right? I mean, let's be honest. Yes. Yeah. And so, um, uh, again, I think in a particular setting, say if you, you know, maybe you would, if you just had young men in the room, young, you know, your youth, your guys, your senior high guys, like you wouldn't be afraid at all, you know, to talk very frankly about that. But, but, you know, so I think that there is a way that you can, um, can, can understand, again, you have to understand the context that you're in. Uh, and, and so, you know, be careful, um, to, to not unnecessarily provoke people to anger or to shock in a way that they're not hearing what God's word wants them to hear. Um, and so, uh, so that, that would maybe, you know, be one, one thing I would say. Um, and, and I think, you know, that God's word is, is both explicit, but general, right? So, you know, think about Paul in Romans one, talking about, you know, men with men uh, committing indecent acts. Um, you know, he's not talking about the mechanics there, right? Because uh, he doesn't have to, you know, the cold, he, the, his people he's writing to, he, they know what he's talking about, you know? And, and so uh, I think we have to take that into account as well, um, that we can we can use re- general references without having to, to feel the need to, to go into detail that, that, that honestly, you know, probably it would be inappropriate. And in some cases it would be uh, provoking people to sin, right. In the, in the, yeah, you know, in their, in their thought life and in the way, you know, and so you have to be, uh, you know, we have to be careful about that too. Yeah. We have um, to talk about less without <laughs> yeah, you know, without, actually making everyone less with the issue we're talking about. You know? Right. Right. So, uh, yeah. So I, I think that is something that, uh, that we need to be, careful. I would think more careful in a, in a mixed age 
gender setting, um, not so much gender, but ages, you know, just across the, the board. I mean, I think if you're just speaking to adults or just speaking to youth or to college, I think you, you read your audience, you know your audience, you can have a little more freedom, um, you know, because again, the world is talking so frankly about this. And if we say, well, we don't want to use that word, you know, well, they're hearing it over there. Like, yeah, you know, don't, so, don't take your kids to the grocery store because right. the magazine aisle where you're checking out has some yeah. words on the covers and yeah, exactly. there's no way to avoid it. No. So I, I think, you know, I would imagine that our people and the churches, the folks who are listening, I would hope uh, would be, they would not be upset at a pastor or a youth leader, you know, who was bringing these things up. I, I would hope they would be thankful, you know, yeah. that you were in, in, in count or you were um, confronting real, real live issues, you yeah. know? And, and so, and certainly after this past Sunday, uh, there were a whole lot more thank you uh, than there were, we need to talk. I can't believe you did that, you know? Yeah. And did you see a lot more faces that were alert out of the, no, nothing with your preaching, but did everyone seem to be, Hey, pretty tuned in. Uh, yeah. Well, let's just say that I had some people say that was the best sermon you've ever preached. And you're like, yeah, I don't think that's really true, but maybe it was the one I'll you paid it. attention. You paid attention to the most maybe recently. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, well, well, Caleb, in this conversation, we're talking about the pulpit. We're talking about the home. So shifting to the home a little bit. Um, uh, what, what are some encouragements you'd like to give to families of what you do hope is being discussed in the home? I mean, you and I would both say we've attempted by God's grace to discuss these things in the home. We've also failed um, to discuss these things, yeah. you know, as faithfully as we should, but just kind of, you know, ideally, uh, what, what are some encouragements you'd love to give to families? Yeah. Well, like you said, I, I definitely, it's in some ways it is easier to preach uh, the Bible than to discuss the Bible. You know, it's easier to sort of stand up in a pulpit away from everybody and sort of a, you know, you're just sort of throwing it out there uh, than it is to, to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with your 18-year-old or 17-year-old or eight-year-old, 10-year-old. You know, those are, those can be more awkward, more difficult. So, and I, and I certainly, as I think back as to how we as a, you know, couple have talked with our kids, it's it certainly, I don't, it doesn't seem like we've done a great job, right? In some ways, um, and and and, but so so I'll say, I think it's it's vital that parents have these conversations, um, and I think that uh, again we have to recognize that if they don't hear it from us, they're going to hear it from the world, um, and so we can't be afraid. I appreciated you and I when we were talking on Sunday. Uh, just this past Sunday, you used the, or you said that, you know, often in the car with your kids, you'll, you'll just ask them, Hey, is there any, any questions that you have about, you know, anything sexual or anything, you know, and, and I appreciate that because that's something I haven't done, you know, uh, regularly. Um, uh, and, and so I think that's a great uh, practical suggestion. Um, you know, you've had, you've had the talk, but the talk doesn't need to be the talk, right? It needs to be the talks. It needs to be the conversation and, um, and so I think that, that, that just that ongoing, an openness, a willingness, uh, where your children know that, that you're available, um, you know, that you want to talk with them about these things and not just in a, uh, sort of wagging your finger at them, but, but also, um, where you're wanting to, to, to wrestle with God's word to wrestle with the application of it. Um, and, and then, you know, how do, do our children, uh, understand the beauty and the goodness of, of sexuality, you know, and, and, and how important, you know, that, that this is God's gift. He is the one who has created this thing for our pleasure. And, and so let's, let's make sure that we're talking about that as well. And, and so certainly family worship, uh, you know, as regularly as we can be, um, where we're, you know, studying God's word and, and looking at different passages, you're going to come up on these, these topics and these questions. I think that's an important tool. Um, I think that, uh, you know, again, making sure your kids know that they can talk to you at any point, any time, making sure they know that you're going to talk to them. You're going to, you know, let me look at your phone. Let me, you know, let me ask you point blank questions. You know, are you looking at pornography? You know, and, 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 and so having a relationship with your child, where that's expected and, and where they're willing to, um, 
you know, they know that you're going to be open and honest, you know, with them. Um, well, I think one of the areas I've struggled with is how, how much, how much detail do you share about your own, you know, sexual struggles in the past, you know, and, and, and I don't know, I don't know that I've, I, I don't know that I've probably in some ways I've shared less and looking back, it's like, Oh, was that a good, was that a good idea? I don't know. You know? And so I've wrestled. That's why I sometimes I look back and think we haven't done the best job here as parents. Uh, I don't know what my kids would say. You know, some of them should be like, you've talked about it too much. <laughs> you know, you know, so like, TMI, <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. So, um, yeah, it's, but, so uh, it's so difficult, but, but I mean, as you said at the, at the beginning to me, I just feel like the, the main point or I shouldn't say feel like, especially reading Truman talking about <laughs> that's right. our, our feelings too much, but, but I believe God's word talking about the beauty of this, um, that our, our children to hear, this is a good thing that God invented to me. That, that's just getting that across to them, that it was created good. It was God's design. And of course, sin has perverted it. Uh, but for them to hear, because I, I, I do think so many um, of us, I guess our generation previous, we were raised sex is bad. Don't even, you know, talk about it. Don't, it's, it's awful. And it's, it's not this thing. And so I think that's the, the main point uh, to drive home. Um, yeah, sure. yeah, that, that it is a good gift. And, you know, and even, I mean, that's a, you know, we're talking about how do you uh, be careful, you know, in the pulpit, um, you know, the question, I think probably every married couple is like, how do you be careful, uh, about your own sex life, you know, with your children, you know, eventually they get old enough where they know that, that you're, you're making love, they know, but, you know, do you need to tell them every time, like, all right, kids, you know, it's <laughs> like, um, I mean, I've heard of some people that do that, you know, oh, but, okay. uh, you know, but then it's like, eventually you would hope that they would know, like if the door is locked, you know, or, you know, so all those sorts of questions that, that moms and dads have to, husbands and wives have to figure out with older kids. Um, I think we, we want to, uh, to be willing and open and honest with them about just the beauty and the goodness of, of this gift of God. And so, um, because we want, again, we don't want them to, to seek out worldly counsel. You know, we want yeah. them to, to hear it from, from God's word mediated through us as their parents, uh, from elders, pastors, youth leaders. Um, so I, I do think the home is, is a foundational uh, place where this needs to be, be talked about. Um, you know, and, and too often probably, uh, you know, a lot of youth leaders probably feel like, uh, parents sort of, uh, dump on them, you know, like they kind of, well, I'm sure glad you're here because you're going to, you know, answer all these hard questions for me. You know, you're going to want to have, you're going to, you know, introduce them to some of these bigger topics and they, they abdicate their responsibility to youth workers. Sure. Right. Uh, and that's not good. I know when I was in youth ministry, I never, uh, I didn't appreciate that one bit. You know, it's like mm -hmm. this, I am not the parent, mm -hmm. you know, I'm in, I'm in partnership with you as a parent. Yeah. And so, um, and, and yet on the other hand, uh, as I think back to my own experience, uh, my parents were divorced when I was in junior high and I mean, my youth leaders were incredibly important, you know, on talking about these very things, you know, and, uh, and so, um, so I don't think youth workers ever need to sell themselves short. Uh, you know, again, it's kind of two ditches, you know, where the parent advocates, you know, or the youth worker advocates, you know, and, and, and we want to say no, uh, as as members of the body of Christ, you know we're, we're all uh, to to encourage one another and to exhort one another. Um, you know, I think a, a local youth worker can have a, a greater impact in some cases on, say, calling a, a young man or a young woman out on sexual sin. You know that they wouldn't hear it from their parents because they don't want to listen to what their parents have to say. But if you know if the youth pastor says it, it's like, oh wow, you know that's that's. Um, I need to listen to that. So it's all, it's all of the yeah. above. Yeah. Yeah. And that just points to, to the beautiful design of the church and yeah. everyone yeah. playing a part in this. And just one more thing before we leave talking to, to the parents, I think it's so important because just to encourage the parents, because so often I think, you know, parents are very intimidated by the subject. They feel that this is awkward. They don't want to discuss it, but to, to realize that they, they have a, a knowledge that they need to impart to their children. Because I think of with my own children, I've told them, listen, 
I want you to know that I'm safe to talk to about this. I promise you, I know more than your friends do most likely <laughs> talking about this and you don't need to listen to them. And I don't want them going to Google. I don't, those are their two educators right there. They're yeah. peers or the internet. And we as parents need, need to enter into that and, and realize we do have a knowledge of this and we can yeah. talk about it. And so, yes, yeah. there can be awkwardness and intimidation, but to, to be confident as well. And I think that that kind of highlights the fact that yes, we have a knowledge of it, but but as as Christian parents, we need to constantly be studying God's word so that we make sure we have a biblical knowledge of this topic as well as just an experiential knowledge, right? Exactly. And so, you know, I think far too many Christian parents, you know, they don't know, you know, that question I asked that that small group of guys, like what what pastors are using to fight against sexual temptation, like these, you know, many parents don't have an answer to that question, right? So, so they couldn't rattle off, you know, the passages that they need to be able to rattle off from even the New Testament to say, like, this is where you need to be meditating, right? And and so I hope in the sermon series, you know, even just looking at First Thessalonians four and First Corinthians six, and those are vital passages, right? And 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 you know, we could rattle off so many more, um, but. I think so. So Christian parents have got to be studying the word of God for themselves so that when a child does come and, and ask a question that they can say, well, let me show you what Paul writes here in First Thessalonians four, you know, about uh, possessing our body you know, in holiness and honor, you know, how important that is. Um, so, yeah. So I think we do know, but we probably don't know as much as we need to, you know, in, in terms of, and not about talking about a sort of a worldly, you know, uh, knowledge about God, biblical knowledge, you know, Absolutely. scriptural, scriptural knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, Caleb, look, I know we're, we're getting close to time. We need to, to wind this town, but I was just wondering if anything you would like to, to add um, as you kind of close out on, on this subject, maybe even, you know, as I, I said to you, I know we, we were talking briefly that, you know, you've gotten to communicate to the, to Pear Orchard specifically through your newsletter of why you wanted to, to address this. You, you get to give, you know, maybe 30 seconds to a minute as you're introducing the topic of why you want to talk about this, but to kind of have a little bit more room to explain, okay, th this is my hope. These are my um, you know, goals of why I'm wanting to talk about this. And, and obviously I think these will apply to others who are listening as well as they can hopefully discuss this in their churches as well. Yeah. So I guess, you know, maybe a more kind of overarching goal for, for ministry in general um, is that we want, we want our people to bear the fruit of the spirit. We want our people to be holy as God is holy. Um, you know, we want our people to understand uh, the the grace and the forgiveness, the mercy of God to those who have sinned sexually and are sinning sexually and will sin sexually. Um, but we also want them to understand the power of the Holy Spirit uh, for those who are united to Jesus Christ, that there is hope uh, in the midst of, of sexual struggle. Um, and so I think uh, those... Um, those, those should be overarching goals and, and, you know, sort of in the background of all of our preaching and teaching, right? Uh, but, but particularly in this topic, given it's um, how, how big it is in the, in the eyes of our culture and, and how sort of sexual rebellion just continues to grow and grow and grow, you know, we, our, 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 if our children, our youth, you know, are, are being asked to normalize things that previous cultures did not normalize. And so, and certainly that God's word would call, you know, abnormal, um, right. And, and unnatural. And, and so we're wanting to bring them back to a biblical, uh, worldview. Um, and so we're wanting them to, to maintain a sexual purity and a commitment to sexual purity. Uh, right. We, we want, um, our, our, our children, our youth, our young adults, our, our young marrieds, our people have been married for 40, 50 years. We want them to be committed to their spouses, uh, to have a, a godly view of marriage and of sex in marriage. And, and so you just, I, I guess, uh, you know, why should a pastor, why should a youth director, you know, why should we speak on these things? Um, 
because we love the Lord and we want our people to love the Lord, not just uh, in, in, in our, in our heart, uh, but, you know, in our body, I mean, Paul in first Corinthians six is going to say, um, you know, every other sin that a man commits is outside the body, but the immoral, immoral man sins against his own body, you know? And so um, uh, the, if we have a, a non Gnostic view of Christianity, uh, 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 that the body is good and that we need to, uh, to not sin against our own bodies, um, take that seriously, uh, then, and, you know, Paul is saying like this sin above all others, right. Is, is one that we have to, to guard against flee sexual morality. Um, and so, uh, it, it that's, I, I think a motivating factor for me here is, is just desiring, um, to see the church reflect more and more the, the ethic of the scriptures and, and a, a purity. I, I think we, you know, you always hear the stats and, you know, the church looks so much like the world, but, but Paul says in Ephesians five, that it's, it's not fitting, right. You know, to let, let sexual morality not even be named among you. Um, you know, his, his, uh, his word there in, in first Corinthians five, where he says, you know, it's reported among you that immorality exists that it's not even named amongst the pagans. Like you're worse than the world, you know, and uh, and that's that's shocking to Paul. It's like, no, this is this ought not to be. And so, uh, it's just another uh, area and a very important area in our day and age. Um, you know, forget about how the world practices, but wow, like as the church, we're God calls us so clearly. This is the will of God: your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality. Um, and, and so, uh, you know, the, the holiness that the gospel produces has got to be our target in preaching and, and teaching. And so, um, yeah, so lots of reasons, but mm-hmm. I would love for, uh, the, the end result of, of this little mini series, uh, to be a people who are more vigilant, more zealous, uh, to guard their hearts, to guard their eyes. You know, Job saying, I've made a covenant with my eyes that I will not look at a woman with lust. I mean, um, you know, there's another passage that a lot of people probably don't even know uh, about, but it's like how important that is to, to be so intent and therefore then to put in steps, you know, practical steps, if this is something that you really struggle with, you know, what are you doing to make sure, whether it's accountability, whether it's, um, you know, things that you do on your phones and screens, to say like, this is a temptation and, and God has called me to holiness and he's called me to love my wife and to, 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 to love my family to the point that, that I care deeply about uh, maintaining purity um, in an impure world. Mm-hmm. No, so. Very well said. And like you said, there are so many reasons to discuss it. And yeah, that's excellent to hear that. Um, Caleb, you, you've got a lot going on and uh, I appreciate you just carving out some time. But thank you for all you're doing, John. This is a, I know it's such a blessing. Talk to you later. Oh, come and buy without money. Oh, come and feast without